Welcome everyone into another edition of the Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am the host, Ben Beck, and this time around I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with someone who I've been a fan with for a long time, that being actor Tyler Labine, who you would know from things like, well, me personally, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Reaper, Deadbeat, which was one of the first Hulu original series that ever had ever come out. Uh, we do get to talk about that a little bit, about you know how Deadbeat was the one of the first Hulu series that did uh, premiere before, you know, you know, Netflix had all of them and Amazon had all these original series and uh, Deadbeat was one of the first. And we, we do talk a little bit about that. But uh, I, his new show, New Amsterdam on NBC Tuesdays, nine, uh, 10, 9 Central. I was so pleased to get to talk to him about this because it is a fantastic show. I highly recommend to all of you to check out if you ever get an opportunity, which I hope you do. So uh, it's about a 20-minute interview with Tyler. He was an absolute pleasure to talk to, and I got to talk to him a little bit afterwards, and it looks like we're going to have him on again. Uh, I'm going to have him on again a little bit later on down the road, which uh, I'm looking forward to. But uh, in the meantime, of course, I want to plug uh, the Next Level Podcast Network just a little bit, nextlevelradioonline.com for this podcast and all other podcasts on the network, uh, at NXT Level Radio on both Instagram and Twitter, and of course, Facebook, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy this interview with Tyler Levine. It's the next level. Lucky Yates. Hey there, this is Jimmy Simpson. Hello, this is Brad Sherwood. Hi, this is Claire Coffey. This is Andy Daly. Hey there, this is Kevin Durant. Hi, I'm Chris Parnell. Hey, this is TJ Fines. Hey, y'all, this is David Hoffman. You are listening to the Level Have Fun. My guest joining me this time in the spotlight is an actor who you would know from past series such as Deadbeat, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, and the Netflix series Voltron. And movies such as the recent Super Troopers 2, and of course, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. But now you can catch him every week as Dr. Iggy Fromm in NBC's new series, and uh, New Amsterdam. I'm very excited to welcome Tyler Levine to the program. Tyler, thanks so much for spending some time with me. Of course. It's my pleasure, man. Um, I, I've been a fan of yours for a long time, going back to series like Invasion and Reaper. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm I'm very excited to talk to you about New Amsterdam because I've, I, I, you know, I'm I'm caught up on both episodes that have aired so far. I'm absolutely loving the show. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm hoping you don't mind. I, I would be remiss if I didn't touch base on some of my other projects that I loved about you, if only just for a couple minutes. No, I love talking about the. The good old days. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, starting first, as I mentioned, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I, I want to start with Deadbeat because yeah. if, I, if I remember correctly, you know, we, we live in an age now where Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, they all have their own original programming. But I think Amazon, I think uh, Deadbeat was kind of on the cusp of that. You know, I, it's one of the first originals yeah, I remember having. Like, yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong, man. I I remember, I mean, just to even put it into perspective for you, at the time when I was doing like a, our first press junket for the show, I had to explain to people, I had to explain to the media what like what new media shows were. Yeah, and all the questions were like, so what's the difference? What is what? How, how does networks compare to 
new media and what's this whole cutting the the cord? You know, it was like it was like a it was like I was some weird circus freak in the corner and everyone just had to like come and touch me. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, you know, it certainly wasn't like unheard of, but it was it it was pretty new still. It was like this new wave, and I'd meet like I'd see like other actors. Like I remember I was at a party and like I'm not saying this to, like name drop. I just think it's really funny. Like Topher Grace was like. Hey man, you're on that Hulu show, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. What's that like? I got approached by Crackle to like do something. I don't know, man. It seems kind of like a dead end to me. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and we had this really long talk about like the wave of new media and the longevity of it. And so yeah, it was at the beginning. It was sort of at the beginning of that movement. Yeah, uh, the show ran for three series on Hulu, and then it it got wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Were there ever any ideas for a fourth season if if it ever came back? Yeah, we thought we did have a fourth season. Um, the the cancellation of it was really, uh, it kind of came out of the nowhere. Because like you said, we were sort of like, Hulu really hung their hat on on Deadbeat sort of establishing them as a as an originals, you know, destination. Yeah. Uh, they they plugged the hell out of that show. And it's for, honestly, it's the most visible I've ever been <laughs> as an actor. They were just like... <laughs> After that shit everywhere, and it was crazy. And then, you know, they did really well. We were their number one show across the platform for season one and two. And then they gave us season three, and they decided to, like, and I, this is something I'd love to talk about. They decided to totally reboot the show in season three, um, and nobody really knew why. Uh, they literally fired everybody off the show except for me and and uh, Brad Williams, and they added Cal Penn, and they were like, you're going to have a sidekick now, and it's going to be this totally, you guys are going to live together. And, and uh, it was, it was, they wanted to stop serializing it so heavily, and they wanted it to be really like a case of the week kind of thing. And uh, it just sort of, it was really kind of surprising, but they were like, we really just think this is going to like send the show into the next sort of, you know, uh, level of, or just set it on its true trajectory or whatever. Yeah. And we, couldn't have disagreed more like uh, Brett Connor and Cody Heller, our creators were, were just like, what, what, and no explanation for the fans. Like why all of a sudden chamomile white is gone and why all this, you know, like, and uh, it just, uh, it was weird, but they were so gung ho on it. And then, then we've, I think if, if that season three was like, you know, a standalone or was, was the only season we did, I'm like, that's a great season of TV. It was really funny. Cal Penn was like, my favorite guy to work with ever just was a different show. Yeah. So we didn't know season three was great, but they were so into it and they were like, Oh, it's really, it's really killing. And then we didn't hear anything about a season four, uh, for a while, but we're being given sort of the, like the hints that, that they should start really formulating the, uh, the, the breaking the story for season four. And then they just dropped it out of nowhere. And it was really weird. Yeah. And it was kind and of, unfortunately, this is, you know, you know you don't get any explanations. No one, you know, yeah. no one owes things so you have to move on. And it was a bummer, too, because it was one of those shows that I really enjoyed. And, uh, you know, it was one of those shows that you could yeah. kind of get away with anything. Uh, and you guys made that very yeah. clear <laughs> in the writing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, like, it was like a cartoon. And Brett Connor and Cody Heller, the writers, are like, uh, especially Brett Connor, uh, is just like a he's he's a, he's a wordplay genius that's what he, it's like talking if you even get a chance to ever talk to him it's like talking to a rubik's cube he's like <laughs> he's just like constantly trying to line things up and 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 like everything's a callback and i don't know I, I find that if you go back and watch deadbeat 
again, you really notice all the really clever sort of wordplay. And like like you said, you can do anything. It was like a, it was like a live action cartoon. Yeah, we could literally drop an anvil on people's heads. Exactly. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I know. Yeah. One of the things that led me to Deadbeat, obviously, was you know seeing the trailers on Hulu and and noticing you as an actor. I was was one of the things that really made me want to watch it. But the main reason why I recognized you more as an actor, I mean, like I said, I had seen you in other things before, but you really came to the forefront of my mind because of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, Oh, cool! You know that was a movie that to me, like I I I found it brilliant because it was a movie that really flipped horror on its head. And that was yeah. kind of where the brilliance lied in that movie. Yeah, so, for sure. I, I mean, that, that's no, the whole go, of that yeah, movie, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just curious, has there been any talk of a sequel at all, or is it kind of something that's in limbo at this point? I mean, there's been much talk of many iterations <laughs> of Tucker and Dale, too. You know, from a movie to a series to, you know, a limited limited order series to... You know, like shorts, like we've talked about everything. Um, and there have been moments where it's been on actually like on a production slate, you know, with, with companies and, and our producers in 2015 were like, we're announcing, we want you guys, you and Alan to announce that we're, we're making a sequel and we had the script being written. And, and then there's just, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there was a lot of sort of tumult. And, and sort of miscommunication and mishandling of the intellectual property between the writers and, and our producers. And, and uh, it just all kind of got, kept coming to the same sort of dead end, which was like, nobody could, nobody could come to sort of terms with what we wanted to make yeah and, and how, and how it was going to get made and who was going to get, you know, sort of, uh, compensated in what way, and it, it it got it just got weird a few times, and then it got really beautiful again, and you know, and everyone started talking about it again, and it would, we'd come back around to it every like year or whatever year or two, and so it 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 just there is still love and and a, and compassion and a drive to make something, especially from Eli Allen and myself, um, because we fucking love those characters and we we love we love the the movie and like we made that movie like on a wing and a prayer man we didn't know we went we just went to calgary and shot this crazy fucking thing and yeah and it turned into this and so we have no we have no like financial gain you know nothing to gain from it like that we just want to make a cool sequel and then the problem is that other people want to make money off it you know so it's like how, how do you how do you reconcile the two sort of goals um, and drives to make this movie. And so far it's just been a bust. Yeah. That's a shame too. Cause it's, it's such a wonderful film and it's like, it's a perennial for me that it's something I watch every year, especially around this time, like for Halloween and such when I'm into like yeah. different horror movies. And then I will I'll say one last thing is that we are <laughs> in the middle of uh, working on something right now with, with the Tucker and Dale IP. So I won't, I will never say that nothing is happening, but me, Alan, Eli and Morgan Jurgensen are, are actually working on something right now. Oh, uh, perfect. And that's all I can, that's all I can say. But uh, it, yeah, these are, these are being uh, plotted. <laughs> we'll, <see. laughs> well, I look forward to, I look forward to hearing whatever it is when it, when it actually comes to fruition and it, and it comes to public. So, 
Uh, you, let's talk New Amsterdam because there, there's a lot I want to get to about. Again, you know, I've I'm caught up with the show. I absolutely adore the show so far, and it's it's weird for me to say that, and I'll explain. I'm very selective. There's so much stuff out there now between Netflix and Hulu and everything that I'm very selective in new shows that I choose when new shows arise. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch trailers and yeah. I, you know, I and medical dramas very rarely make the cut for me because you've seen oh, yeah. one, you've seen them all. But mm-hmm. this one is different. Like I, I watched the the NBC uh, pre uh, the fall premiere show, and I saw the extended. Mm-hmm the extended premiere for this and I knew by the end of it I, I wanted to watch it and I'm not regretting that decision at all this is it, I, I'm so hooked on this show mm. um, yeah I you know oh, sorry go ahead and you finish uh, no no and uh, I was I'm, I'm gonna let you go because it's <laughs> well I just it's funny it's, uh, you know obviously I'm a I'm a viewer of TV as well you know I don't even I shouldn't say this, but I don't even have cable. You know, I just, I, I, watch, I, I don't watch either. Hulu. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have a free lifetime membership to Hulu. You know, that was one <laughs> of the perks of, of being on a Hulu show. Uh, even though they keep canceling it on me. I don't know what that's about, but, uh, the, uh, yeah, Hulu, if you're listening, step up, man. And then, uh, and then I have, you know, I have the usual, I have, you know, Netflix and HBO and I have you know, a couple other movie platforms and whatnot. But, uh, I, I'm really picky too, man. You know, like I'm going to be honest when I, when I, it's not like I'm wading through a pool of offers every pilot season, but when they came down the pipe with the medical drama for me, they're like, it was one of the first things that came, you know, to me last pilot season. I didn't even read it. I just said, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to be on a medical drama. It's like, (laughs) usually it's, it's like an actor's final resting place, you know? Yeah. You go there, you get stuck in a procedural medical drama thing, and it's an ensemble, and you have like a little moment each week. And I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, man. I don't want to fucking be on a show like that. And my agents were like, just, just shut up and read this one. You just got to read it. <laughs> and like, and immediately from the get go, I was like, oh, why is this so? Good? Why do I like this? Why this is so great, you know? Like, yeah. and I, I love the character development and an ensemble where everyone kind of gets a, a voice, and you know, it, it's dealing with real issues. And my mom was in the medical uh, mental health care industry for a long time. My dad was in the medical industry. Um, you know, I have children. I, I, I think mental health care and mental health issues for children is like one of the most important and overlooked things in the industry. Um, dealing with, you know, it's all based on real life experience and memoirs from Dr. Eric Mannheimer. Uh, so truth is stranger than fiction. A lot of these things, like like a Haitian magic ritual in the OR yeah, from that last was, night's episode, yeah. people are probably going, that that happened. That really happened. Firing the entire cardiothoracic department on the first day of the job. Eric, Dr. Eric Mannheimer did that. He actually went into his first day on the job and fired 50 surgeons. That's real. So when people come at us saying, oh, come on, it's so dramatic and it's so TV, it's like, well, actually, this is not. It's really, it's, this really happened. So, you know, we can, we can stand strong on that. I feel like that really made me, I don't know, sit up, perked up my ears a little bit, you know, and, and I, um, and I just think it's like, it's the type of show that is very slowly going to defy what people think. Yeah, they're getting into. 
Yeah, it's, Not, it, it's, and I know because we're on episode seven now, and it's like well, you can't just come out of the gates being like on network TV being like we're different, we're this, we're that, we're that. We still have to contend with like advertisers, and we have all the network TV trappings still. But NBC is genuinely taking a swing with this one, and they're letting us slowly, but like without shocking people and without ruining hundred-year-old relationships with advertisers. We're slowly changing what you can sort of expect to see on network TV, and I think that's cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and I know it's it's a different network, but one of the last medical dramas I, I was hooked into was House MD, which you know was like I said a different network. But I think one of the things that I can kind of compare the two of you together, and one of the reasons why I'm loving New Amsterdam so much is. It's a show that's not – while, yes, the, the medical procedures and everything that's happening are a big part of the show, the show itself is very mm. character-driven. And Oh, yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm really into it is because and, – and your character in particular of Viggy, uh, it, it's a role that – you know, I've mentioned some of the things you've done in the past. And this is definitely, at least in my yeah. opinion, a departure from roles yeah. I've seen you do. And when I'm a fan of an actor or an actress, yeah. I love seeing them make that departure because it shows their range. And this mm -hmm. is something we're definitely seeing with you when it comes to playing Iggy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just have to take a moment here to say, yes! <laughs> you know, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've wanted to change my sort of people's perception of me in this industry for a while. And, and, and you know, in order to grow as an actor... And a performer, like you can't just you can't just stay doing the same thing and spinning your wheels. It just gets to the point where if people call you a one trick pony, you really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, I've been trying to like, but but it's also hard because I got to pay the bills and I have children and I, you know, you got to take the work that you can that's that's available. But I in the last couple of years between like Dirk Dirk Gently and and this, and I made a couple really great indies uh, indie films that was I was really reaching for things that were very different for me. In fact, I have a movie called Broken Star with Annalie Tipton that just came out last month, or the month before too. It's like, if you get a chance to see that, it's a weird movie, but you'll see it's like I'm, I'm, I'm very obviously trying to stretch and grow. And I, and I wanted this show to be of sort of a very, very much so a departure, but it also is like a nice, it's a nice segue. It's not like this shocking, like, oh my God, I'm not like, you know, I'm not playing some super villain or, you know, some, it, you know, it's, it's like, there's still some humor in there, but I'm really getting to play a grown up. It doesn't hurt that my entire head of hair and facial hair has turned white in the last two years. Too. That sort of just happened. I had a third kid and my body went, okay, you're old now. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's been really cool like I'm learning and that's the greatest reward and gift as an actor that you can ever have. Like the key to longevity. It's not, it's not, you know, gaining fame or, or money or anything. It's like, man, if I can just keep learning and growing as a performer, like that's all I ever want. And this show is giving me an opportunity to do that. So I'm going to keep learning while I'm doing the show and hopefully it'll translate on camera. I might make some mistakes along the way. Probably will. We'll see. That's but, all right. I mean, it, it, every, I'm trying. Yeah, I think I think everybody has at some point. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you're doing a great job at you know breaking that typecast of, of characters that you've played before with with this one. And you know, your your character has quickly become one of my favorites because while oh, while all all these other doctors on the show, 
you know, are dealing with surgical procedures and, and physical ailments and things mm-hmm. like that. Your character is dealing with something completely different, you know, in the form of child psychology. Yeah. And in return, yeah. your character is bringing so much heart into the show because of the fact that it seems like that's where he's working from is he's working more from the heart rather than from the mm-hmm. mind. He, he really wants to to reach out and help these kids. Um it's so far yeah. that we've seen out of the show. And again, I just feel that brings so much heart to the, to the show. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and I think it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really a joy for me having this, uh, sort of separate ward myself, you know, the, the, the psychology ward, because there's all these little shenanigans that I can get into on my own. And, it's uh it is i think it's a it's a much needed sort of um i don't know like a reprieve i guess when you're in really stuck in some of the more um let's say gory parts of the show or like you know with the surgeries and the that stuff is really mega exciting and everything but then i think you kind of as as far as like the show like plot device goes it's nice to have this other area which is like you said, completely character driven heart, you know, yeah. being the, the major component of it. And, uh, it also, it's, it, you know, let's not, let's not, uh, kid ourselves. There are very quirky and interesting and, and often humorous and touching things that go on in the mental health care world, you know, and with mental illness, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's without being sort of, um, you know, gauche about it. It's like, it's, it's wildly entertaining. And, yeah. and we, I'm hoping that people are learning some stuff from watching these things, you know, last night's episode with over medication, that is such a, a real and prevalent problem. Yeah. And, it, about it, mental and, history, and you know? it was, and it was something I had no idea about as well. So I'm, you know, going into that whole learning something as you're watching the show, I did that last night. Absolutely. And, you know, seeing you know the hospital take uh take the state to court or take the school board to court that's something you never see in any other medical procedure a uh, procedural no so, and, and people don't uh, even know that that's that's real bellevue hospital which is this, the, our hospital is based on uh inspired by has like uh, a full legislative like floor with a courtroom and there's like you know they, they have they have a school in there they have a, a prison the psych ward has 500 beds. It's 21 floors, and each floor is an acre, and it's like it's like its own world. It's like its own city. Yeah. Uh, and they they did that. They were the first hospital to ever put a courtroom in to advocate for the patients in real time. That's cr- I, we got to drop that little truth bomb into the show last <laughs> night. We're like, what? A court in the hospital? That makes so much sense. Yeah. So that, you know, that's really cool. Then. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know I'm running short on time with you. Um, so I have I have one last question for you, and it's kind of a departure from everything else. Um, I, all the interviews you've done over your career, I'm sure you've been asked the same questions over and over again. So, yeah, this is the best one I've ever done. <laughs> uh, the last no. so the, this last question I have for you is: What's the one question you always wished someone would ask you, but they never have? It might be a thinker. Probably that question right there. All right, that's a good answer. Um, <laughs> Let's see. What's the best? What's the one question I wish I get asked, but never get asked? Um, let me think for one sec. <laughs> um, yeah, I throw that one out there. Know. It's kind of like an instinct question. 
No, it's good. I think, I think, you know, every actor likes to talk about themselves and their process. But I think one thing I would, I would love to talk about that I never really get to talk about is like the, the etiquette of being on set and the sort of technical aspect of things is like really like the craft basically is a yeah. huge thing to me. I've been doing this for 30 years and I feel like I've gone out of my way to ask every question and be a sponge. And I've like, I've shadowed directors and I've, you know, I've produced and I've, I've, I've uh, co-directed and I've written, I've done, I've done every, every facet of this industry. And I, and I look at that as an invaluable tool, my technical savvy and my etiquette and just work ethic on set. And I feel like I, I'm watching a whole new generation of, of actors that just don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Uh, especially in the YouTube era, you know, and and it's like, it's like fame is everything and all this. And this, I'm not saying this for every young actor. So obviously there are great young actors out there, but I feel like, you know, I have a lot to give in that regard. I feel like I, I wish kids cared more. I wish, I wish someone would, more than just give me a question would like give me a seminar where I could just take all these kids <laughs> and just teach them courses. Well, that just, gi- that just gives me, yeah, that just gives me a reason to have you back on down the road and we'll just do it. Uh, you know, a Tyler Labine art of the craft kind of, kind of, uh, episode. Yeah. We'll do like a standalone, you know, uh, kicking it with Labine. Yeah. There we seminar. go. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Tyler, I know I want to send people your way on, on, uh, social media. They can follow you on Twitter at Ty Labine, T Y Labine, uh, Instagram yeah. at T Labine. Uh, they can follow new yeah. Amsterdam on Twitter at NBC, new Amsterdam, new Amsterdam, Tuesday yeah. nights, 10, nine central on NBC. Uh, and I highly recommend everybody check it out. Tyler, thank you so much for spending some time yeah, with me today. And let me just say one thing. Sure. I wanted, I'm trying to get the hashtag Kapiggy. <laughs> Kapoor and Iggy. I want that to start trending. Kapiggy, K A P I G G Y. This this is so the new sh- this is the new ship for the show. That's the ship for the show. It's <laughs> me and Anupam Kapoor have a have an argument. I like Kapiggy. He likes Kapoogie because uh, it's more letters of his name than mine. But I, I think. <laughs> I think continue. But anyway, you, you, yeah. yeah. If you can get that trending. We'll, we'll get that. Awesome. Yeah, we'll try and get that trending as well. Uh, Tyler, thanks so much again for spending some time. Of course. My pleasure, man. Uh, until next time, we'll see you guys in the spotlight. Take care. <laughs>